The information in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to episode 59 of the Practice of Being Seen podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Wong, relationship therapist, mentor, and consultant to therapists and kick-ass change-making professionals. The Popscast is a collection of connectfulness conversations where we join together to examine how to create deeply restorative ripples of change within ourselves and within the world around us. Today, I'm talking to Melissa Devaris Thompson, a licensed psychotherapist with a private practice in New York City. She's the co-founder of Honest Mamas. She works primarily with women and couples in their 20s and 30s to help navigate change and to find their authentic voice. Melissa says that in our busy lives, we often forget our true nature and end up feeling stuck, tired, anxious, and unhappy. As a holistic and depth-oriented therapist, she helps her clients remember their true self by creating space to feel. Modern motherhood is no different. In fact, it can look like many different things, but there tend to be a few connective threads that aren't often discussed. One is that modern moms from all walks of life are juggling a lot in their day-to-day. And another is that many of us aren't prepared for the dramatic internal shifts that motherhood brings about. Melissa and I recorded this episode a while back, and I'm so glad to finally share it with you. So welcome back to the Practice of Being Seen podcast. I'm joined today by my friend Melissa, and we are going to be talking about all things juggling. And no, we're not talking about circus acts. We're talking about what it's like to be mothers and therapists and entrepreneurs and all the things. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, I can't really think of someone better to talk about this juggling act with than you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or... (laughs) I think it's a great thing. (laughs) Because the truth is, this is the reality of our lives, right? It is. It is. You're the mother to two small boys and you're a wife. And so you also have this other business venture where you do other things like podcasting and creating e-courses and all of this stuff centers around motherhood. Yes. So there you go. That's the unique take on juggling. (laughs) And, you know, I was thinking about it today because this topic came at such the right time. I'm actually out of town, away from my business, away from my home with my two young kids. My husband is back at home working his job where we live. And I had to come down and help a family member who is ill. And so I'll be here for a while. And it's so interesting today, I was talking to one of my co-founders of Honest Mamas, which is the online business that we run. There are three of us together. And I was talking to one of them and she said, how do you do it all? Like how, because I said, I'm about to jump on a podcast and you know, all of this stuff. And she's thinking, I mean, really? Like, how do you do it all? I don't get it. And it does. It feels like juggling. And sometimes I feel ahead of the juggle. And sometimes I feel like all the balls are crashing down on me. And like, why am I juggling so many? So how and why? Number one, I feel like when you're a business owner, 
you have to hustle. You have to, I mean, that's the way I see it. That's the way I work is that as a business owner with therapy clients and working in my psychotherapy practice, I feel like I always have to be kind of thinking a little bit ahead versus getting a little bit too comfortable in what I'm doing day to day because clients leave, they go on vacation. So your income is always fluctuating. So for me, I also had a very strong entrepreneur father figure in my family. He's still around, so I still have him. And he's been such a great model for me and really showing me what it means to work hard. And for me, really defining what that means for me. Because as a therapist, you know, you got to take care of yourself too. So let's back up a little bit. And you know, you talked about working hard, you talked about being an entrepreneur, and you talked about hustle. And you know, I might have a slightly different way of looking at some of the stuff than you do, as might our listeners. So can you define for our listeners, for all of us, what you mean by working hard and hustling? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, first and foremost, I have to say I love what I do. I love it. I adore it. I breathe, sleep, eat it. And I know how to take breaks, but I certainly love what I do. And I think from that place, it's passion. So I guess when I talk about working hard, it's really the passion that drives the boat and the bus in these moments. And so for me, it's whether it is, you know, reading a book that I think could help my clients or myself or, you know, figuring other ways to network and get out there and meet other people and, What does my week look like and how do I manage my client's schedules and how do I be as flexible as I can, but still holding the boundaries because it's still a business. And then how do I kind of marry that all with the needs and wants of my husband and my children and my family and my life? It's a lot. It is a lot. So how do you do it? (laughs) We want your seat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, number one, I go to bed super early. I mean, it's funny. Sometimes what like, is super early for you? Super early like for four o'clock? No, no, no. I kind of wish, especially now in winter, I wish I could get into bed at 4.30 when it gets dark. It would be amazing. Make me very happy. But I get into bed probably around 8.30 or 9. Okay, that is pretty early. It is pretty early. And I do have two early riser boys. Plus my husband gets up really early for work. So we're usually up by 5 a.m., So it kind of, I know for me that sleep, and I know for many of your listeners and probably for you too, that sleep is so important. So to keep me kind of on my toes and in my life and, you know, having enough energy, I really need to get enough sleep because I have two young ones, my little, little one still naps. And so if I'm home with the children, I really try to carve out some time, even if it's just 20 minutes to like go into a dark, quiet room and like turn on some white noise. And like, you know, my child is napping, my other kid, maybe he's watching a little show on TV or something. And some people may have thoughts about that, but that's the way I do it. I really just need some like shutting down. It feels almost like a computer that just needs to power down so that I can have more energy going forward. So the way you're talking about powering down is, I think, the way that I talk about white space. Mm, Say more. I think we all need more white space in our lives. We need more unstructured, unplanned time, time that is on our calendar to not get filled. Agreed. Whether we're staring at a wall or we're meditating or we're taking a nap or we're doodling or whatever it is, we just need time that isn't structured. Totally agreed. There was some research done somewhere that talks about how when we're taking those kind of spaces for ourselves, when we're resting, when we're having those moments to kind of rejuvenate, we can get more creative and more productive in the rest of our lives. 
Yeah, I totally see that. And I guess I would like a racehorse. I'm sort of a racehorse that, you know, when I'm out of the gate and I've got energy, I want to be working on this thing that I love. And sometimes it's really hard to pull back. And sometimes it's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to have some white space now. So do you or don't you? I do. I think over the years, I have carved out time where I really allow myself to be in my kind of racehorse energy that feels really good and really alive. And I'm feeling really passionate. You know, I also love talking to people. I think I'm a little bit more extroverted than maybe some other people who may feel a little bit more internal. To me, that's where I gather a lot of my energy. And then I also know as I get older, as I became a mother, as I became sleep deprived, and I really had to shift priorities, also running two businesses, there really became time where it's like, okay, that's my cutoff point. For example, in the evening, when my kids are home from school, I'm trying to make dinner. You know, my mother-in-law calls it the gangrene hour because inevitably there's a child crying or screaming or, you know, not getting his way and really upset. And I'm trying to feed the dog and do everything else. That is the time where I cannot be answering emails. I can't be talking to clients. I can't even be talking to friends. I just really need that single focus time. And I think that for me has been the biggest lesson in having children that it's funny. Sometimes now when I'm with my children, I feel like there's almost like a relief, like, okay, I'm single focus. This is all I can focus on right now are the two little beings in front of me. And that's where I need to have my energy. It's so interesting because I wonder if that single focus being on your children when you're mothering is something that actually rejuvenates you for everything else you do. I think so. I mean, and it's not like we're you know, one is asking, I want the ball. The other one's saying, I have to use the bathroom. Another one's saying, I want a cheese stick. It's a lot of running around in your mind and trying to get the needs met of children. But when I'm with them, again, I feel almost like a relief of like, okay, all I'm doing right now for the next, for the afternoon or the morning or whatever, the evening is being with my kids. No emails, no marketing, no networking, no chatting about strategy. Like I am just here. I am present that is a way of recharging. I absolutely think so. Well, I think it's, it's a way of not depleting, yes. <laughs> right? Because there's this thing that happens when we're totally with our children in that way that we feed them. We fill their cups full of what they need from us. And I think in that way, it allows us as mothers to feel accomplished, feel like we've done something well. Mm. And we've been fully focused on that one thing. And then when we come back to the rest of the stuff that we're holding in the air, that we're juggling when our children aren't the thing that we're totally focused on in that moment, there's a rest or reprieve from having accomplished mothering. But I think there's something else in there too, right? There's the, that needs aren't being, aren't competing at the same time, that you're not being pulled in multiple directions. And in that way, there's a relief. Yes. And I notice as you're saying that, it's so true because I notice that there are times that I do try to like, oh, let me just write this email really, really quickly. Or like, let me get back to, you know, one of my co-founders really, really quickly. And then one of my kids starts pulling on me and then I start getting annoyed and aggravated and frustrated. And all of a sudden that is the moment the balls start to fall down. The moment that I take on, it's almost like this balance Mm -hmm. of like, how much can I do that it feels really good and I'm riding the wave and I'm energized and I'm passionate. And then where is that moment that all of a sudden everything comes crashing down? It's usually in the moment we're doing too much. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I think for me, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I think sometimes 
it's almost fun to play with that line of like, because I'm such like a type A driven person. I think sometimes it's like, okay, how much can I do? How much can I get done? Like this is all feeling really good. And I think what happens for me is that I am still learning my line and then I'll do all these things and have all these ideas and network with all these people and what have you. And then I'll crash. And I'm like, (laughs) what am I doing? Close the door, close the windows, turn off the phone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm done. It's there's such reminders. Just the other day or earlier this week, I was driving around and I was off to go get my kids leaving the house and going to get my kids from school. And I looked down at my, my gas tank and I barely had any gas left. And by the time I got to the gas station and I was at the tank and filling up, I had less than a mile of gas. Left oh my, my gosh. <laughs> you know, so it was one of those moments where I was chuckling about it and I, there was another guy filling up his car and he's like, how's your day? I'm like, it's great. I made it here. You know, <laughs> we had this, like really wonderful little human exchange. Mm. But the, for me, that moment served as such a reminder that it's time to slow down again. Yeah. And you're reminding me too, Rebecca, I think you make such a good point. I was thinking about this earlier before we hopped on here and I wanted to mention it. So I'm in town taking care of a ill family member and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm missing work and I'm away from my husband and my kids, like it's going to be so much work. And, you know, my clients are saying, have a great vacation. And I'm thinking, I'm not going on vacation. I'm going to go work. And this is so hard. And you know, all this stuff. And then my husband, in his way, he's such a positive human being. In his way, he basically said to me, you know, Melissa, just see it as a gift. See it as a gift of time that you have with this person in your life that you care very deeply about. See it as a gift. And I think for me, that completely shifted my perspective. So on this trip that I'm on currently, there have been moments that I've been racing to catch a client call, dropping off kids one place or another, trying to support and help the family member. And I've really started to feel the aggravation rise, the frustration rise. And then in the back of my mind, I hear his voice like, this is really a gift. I love what I do. I've got this family member, even though they're struggling with with some health issues that are really significant, they're still around. And my children are healthy, like starting to see the gratitude and the positivity that does happen in my life, not from a way of like, just think better thoughts, you know, these kind of like surfacey things, but really feeling it on a primal like gut level really, really helps me reframe and feel more grounded and more balanced and allows me to slow down. I like that. I like you're giving yourself permission to slow down in there and you're using that reframe as a way to give yourself that permission. Mm hmm. I think that's a good point that often sometimes we need to remember that we need that permission. Absolutely. And I think it's hard, you know, like, like I think sometimes when people say like, oh, but just be grateful for what you have and, you know, look at the bright side and things like that. You know, I'm a therapist and as some of us are, and I'm so attuned to, you know, not wanting to shut down other people's feelings. But I think there is something so powerful when you yourself can come to that place of gratitude really from like a, this is hard and this may be crappy for a while or really challenging or exhausting or what have you, or really emotionally taxing. But what are the gifts in this? That really is helpful. And no matter what situation you're in, I mean, as hard as things are right now, no matter what you're in, to me, it feels like there's always something. There's always something you can hold on to, even if it's one small, tiny thing that you can feel grateful for. There's always something. So what are you grateful for today? 
Mm, what a great question. I love that. Grateful, first of all, for the sandwich I just ate because that I've been, <laughs> I've been missing out on some meals because I've been so busy. I feel really grateful that I was able to eat today and really sit down and have something really yummy. Mm. I was grateful for I got to spend some time with my little one, not my little, little one, my four-year-old, and we had some special time together. And it was really sweet just sitting in the car and talking to him. And he was wanting to go somewhere that we couldn't go yet. And he was wanting to get a toy from a store that we weren't going to get a toy. So there was some struggle. But I also just really appreciated that the two of us got to really connect. And, you know, even about the mundane things in the car, like, oh, look, there's a truck or, oh, look, there's a bird. To me, it just felt really, really sweet. And coming back a little bit to that sandwich that you're grateful for. (laughs) I want to just come back there and pause there for a minute, because I think it's a really great illustration of what so many of us do when we get caught up in the hustle. Mm. We forget to eat. We forget Mm. to breathe. We forget to sleep. We forget all of these little pieces that we need to do for ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was up since 3.45 this morning. I don't exactly know why, but I was up very, very early. So the sleep piece, I definitely echo. And even today I've been thinking, okay, can I lie down for a few minutes? And how can I carve that time out to have some more white space, which I am taking now from your, your saying that. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful way to look at it. I often tell all of my clients, go ahead and schedule your white space first. It's interesting though, because as we're talking, I'm also thinking about, you know, with Honest Mamas, we work and talk to so many moms and also clients in private practice. And so many people, mothers in particular, share about how there is just not enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you've got a newborn or I'm just thinking about how taking care of ourselves in the juggling, in the hustling, in the managing so many balls in the air can really wax and wane. And that for me, what's helpful is not to set, you know, okay, three times a week, I have to do this thing for self-care and four times a week, I got to do this other thing for self-care because for me, Whereas it's helpful to put it in the calendar at times. I absolutely do that, as you mentioned earlier. But I also find that if I can just stay present in the moment and hold it as like an idea that I know is really good for me and that I will find time and that maybe I can be flexible, that instead of going to the gym, maybe I can go for a walk around the block. That for me is really, really helpful. And I often invite and talk to a lot of new moms and parents about how they can find those little moments, even if they're not big and quote unquote, significant, something small can make such a big difference. I totally agree with you that the small stuff can make a difference. I also think that there are times in our life, and I think we go through seasons around this, Mm. where we need to make ourselves a priority. And parenthood, I think, is one of these places, especially when we're first getting comfortable with it, where we don't make ourselves a priority because we're trying to attune to and learn the needs of this other being. And yet... When we lose the focus and we forget to make ourselves and our relationship with our spouses a priority for a significant amount of time, they cease to become a priority anymore. They cease to take that time and get the permission that they need for us even to find those little moments. Mm. I totally agree with you. And I think I love what you said too around, you know, when you have a newborn, just allowing yourself the permission, you know, to not have to jump back into life and feel the stress of like, I have to get to the gym because I have to lose the baby weight and I have to, 
go do all these things so I can return back to normal, that there is a season and that they can take their time. But I do think you're right. And it's reminding me of something, you know, when Oprah used to have her TV show every day, she used to have makeovers and a lot of them were mothers. And I used to think this was before I was a mom, like, how did that woman like let herself go like that? Like, wow, like she's stunningly beautiful. And like, she's so fit and blah, blah, blah. But like, when you look at the pictures from the before pictures, I think, oh my gosh. And then now that I became a mother, I see how easy that is. And I know I'm talking about like surfacey things, but to me, it also speaks to taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. And so I started to feel like there was a time, there was a moment that I felt like my kids were independent enough or didn't need me in each moment enough that I had to prioritize me. And how that shows up for a mom that's got two businesses and juggling a million balls is, for example, they'll want to watch a TV show. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, the only time I had to work out today, which is kind of my release, that's what I do to, to come back to me is I need a little blood moving in my body, a little bit of workout. And that's, I would usually use the TV to do that. And so it got to a point where like, oh, they want to watch their show. Never mind. I'm not going to do my thing. And then I started getting creative and I started feeling like, you know what? I'm doing this. They can figure out something else. They can go watch in another room. They can play a game. They can play with toys. They can talk to each other. I don't care. I'm doing this. And they crawl all over me. They pick up my weights. They try to do the moves I'm doing. And what I have done, which helps me so much, is I've just tried to be as playful as I can and also not giving up. So one mm-hmm. will say, hey, mommy, can I have some milk? Yes, when I'm done. Hey, mommy, can I have a snack? Yes, when I'm finished. And it's a 20-minute workout. We're not talking about like two hours. I think in that way, for me, I was really able to claim, even in the smallest ways, prioritizing myself. I think that's a great example. Because it's so important for us to make sure that we are claiming our time for ourselves. Because when we don't, nobody's going to claim it for us. Mm -hmm. That time is just going to get eaten up in every other possible way that it can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's really easy sometimes for us to get off track and for us to forget about certain pieces of our self-care. For example, I have an easier time shutting down and going to sleep and trying to get my workouts in and making sure I'm eating pretty well. But the place where I might struggle sometimes is like, oh yeah, I forgot to shave my legs again when I was in the shower. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's little things sometimes, but it, they're, they're not so huge and you know, whatever. Okay. My legs are fine. No one's really looking at them and my husband doesn't right. care. And that's why it's easy to let some of those things go because it's about where our priorities are. It's funny you mention that because I wear my hair up. I have shoulder length hair. And I wear it up probably 364 days out of the year. And every time I go to my hairdresser to get highlights or a cut, she says, gosh, don't you ever wear your hair down? I say, no. And my other friends will say, wow, you look so good. The one day I wear it down of the year, they say, oh my gosh, you look so amazing with your hair down. Why don't you ever wear it down? I say priorities. It's not a priority of mine. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And I, I feel kind of bad about that sometimes, but. Yeah. But I think this is a part of the juggling is that we have yes. to pick our priorities. Yes. A thousand percent. Right. And so for me, this is what scheduling does, because I, if I don't live by a schedule, then things get lost. When I don't put them down in a planner, they get lost. When they don't make it onto my to-do list, when they don't make it onto my literal calendar, they get lost. Mm. So for me, that's where my self-care has to go too. Otherwise it also gets lost. 
Right. I think the point that is important to make that I I hear you saying is like finding what works for you, you know, whether it's putting it on the calendar, whether it's just writing a sticky note, you know, on your bathroom mirror in your car. Yeah. If that works. Right. Just whatever works for you, because some people putting it on the calendar might stress them out more, but other times like for yourself, it sounds like you need that and that it works. I need it both as the like, okay, this is what I'm doing now kind of reminder, but more so, so that that time doesn't get filled by all the other things that are competing for it. Yes. That's a huge point. It's really easy for me for time to get snatched up. I often joke around before I learned the real story of Midas and how when he touched everything, it turned to gold, how that was really a curse. Before I learned that part of the story, I used to joke around that I kind of wanted to be like Midas, but instead of having everything I touched turn to gold, I wanted it. I wanted to be able to make more time. Now I know the real story and I wouldn't say the same thing Um, (laughs) because it's not, it's not such a great story. It's actually really sad. Mm. Yeah. There's there's this thing, you know, we have to, we can make time, Mm. but it has to come from where we put our priorities. And also I think, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the mind frame of, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Oh my gosh. How am I going to get this all done? I got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, what, what the heck, what the heck. I get completely overwhelmed and the day feels jammed and I feel stressed and my cortisol levels go up and I'm feeling not super focused. And for me, I think what's super helpful is just taking a deep breath and planning one thing in front of the other. So I do this a lot in my business. Like, okay, you know, I've got this many clients. I got to do this call for that. I got to network here. I got to market myself there. I got to write this thing over here. If I can just focus on one thing at a time, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier around the children, really just focusing on them when you're with them, it makes it so much easier for me. And as my friend was asking me and co-founder earlier today, like, how do you do it all? I think that is one of the biggest pieces that I really try to do is one step in front of the other. Really compartmentalize in the healthiest ways of possible because, you know, compartmentalizing sometimes is not so good. But in this situation, for me, it really works. I think that's a great piece to add in there. Mm. Tell me a little bit about your business. Tell me about Honest Mamas and what this partnership, this three-way partnership is like for you guys. So I, I'll start with how I met my co-founders. I have two co-founders or three of us all together. I met Sophie in grad school, probably one of the first days of grad school. And she's a firecracker. She's amazing and lovely and smart and beautiful and funny and full of life and huge heart. And we became very, very good friends going through a huge transformational time going through grad school. And the grad school that we went to was really focused on going inward and really discovering yourself, learning about your triggers, learning about your past, your wounds, your trauma, really learning from the inside out. I also met Claire in grad school as well. And she too, she's amazing. She's a deeply spiritual and grounded powerful, intelligent, witty, really real woman. And the three of us became friends. And during this time, I had moved to New York from California. The both of them were living in California at the time. And we met our partners around the same time and had children around the same time. And we would call each other and just say, what the heck is this? You know, we've been in this transformational, intensive experience of 
going within and learning about ourselves. And now we had a child and it was this as if, you know, we were thrown a complete curveball and we would ask each other, is this normal? Like, is this okay? Like I'm feeling completely overwhelmed and this is not a happy time for me. I thought I was supposed to be happy, you know, and, and some parts of it definitely were, but some parts were definitely challenging and hard. And we just felt nobody was talking about that. And so the more that we talked and the more that we realized our experiences were not unique and that there are many other people feeling that way, whether we heard it from our clients or other friends, we saw a gap in the support that mothers received. So for me, I don't know about for you, but in our kind of society, we go to, you know, a class where you learn about labor and delivery, you learn about the medications and the birth plan, and you may even nowadays learn about breathing and mindfulness and all of that. What we found missing was around the mental health of the mother, around the spiritual aspects of how things might shift and change for a mother and for a woman when she has children. And we really wanted to support these women on the motherhood journey emotionally and spiritually so that we could actually help them kind of cross the gap and move through some of these really transformational pieces versus getting stuck in them. And so we do that in a variety of ways. So we've created a website, it's honestmamas.com. And through that, we offer writings and blogs and stories. And we created an e-course around challenging mothering moments, really helping mothers, you know, get some mindfulness and some tools and tips and techniques to really handle those really challenging moments with our kids when we feel like we're a failure, when we feel like we messed up, when we said the wrong thing, when we did things that we're not so proud of, all of that. And then more recently, we launched a podcast, which basically addresses so many different aspects of the motherhood journey, you know, things such as breastfeeding issues, sleep issues, partnership issues, navigating boundaries with in-laws, adoption, raising children that are, you know, of certain different ways, you know, it, it kind of runs the gamut to kind of the guests we have on and, and who we talk to. And so in these courses that you just caught my attention with this challenging mothering moments courses, I'm really curious about these themes that are coming up because I think that they cross over probably every aspect of humanity. Mm, yes. You know, the stuff that you're not so proud of, the stuff that you're afraid of failing at or that you think you have failed at, like all of that stuff. How did you decide to put this stuff together and kind of what framework do you use to present it? How, and I guess the other side of this question is how much of this is personal experience? All of it is personal experience. (laughs) I would say a lot of it for sure. A lot of it. I think that, you know, uh, a lot of it is us coming together and really taking the knowledge that we have learned and we have struggled with and also what we've learned in graduate school studying psychology that we know is important kind of going back into your past and learning your triggers and learning more deeply who we are as human beings first and as women and then also our clients you know what our clients were struggling with what they were talking about and when they would often say you know no one talks about this in my community and i would say oh my gosh well we're talking about this over here for this business and for honest mamas come join us come join the conversation you know this is happening over here so that is sort of how it all came together i love it thank you for adding this gift into the world for uh, sharing for sharing <laughs> it with all of us absolutely absolutely 
So what's the next thing that you have that you're adding to your plate? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a great question. Oh, well, I think for us at Honest Mamas, we want to keep expanding and growing. And at some point, we would love to do retreats and, you know, expand that to reach more mamas. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the podcast right now. I'm, I'm loving the guests we're having on and the conversations that we're having. And I feel like it's really helping a lot of women. And so for me, I feel like there's been so much prep. I mean, we've been doing this for three or four years, building this business before we even launched so that we really were able to launch feeling really proud and really confident of what we've created. And I think for us, it's sort of like now looking back and saying, okay, what's working? What do we need to shift? What do we need to tweak? And kind of growing at a steady pace that feels doable so that we can balance our other businesses because we all have private practices and that we can balance time for family and friends and time for relaxation as well. Love it. You should go back and listen to the interview I did with Lizzie Rusinko. We talked all about retreats. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. So yeah, this is a wonderful, like I love where you guys are going with this. Thank you. I think it's, for us, it just feels so out of our heart, like just really true and really right and really honest. I mean, I guess that's sort of silly to say, assuming our name is Honest Mamas, but that is really true. And sometimes when hard topics come up, it really takes our mindfulness and our training and our backgrounds and those moments that we had to dig really in deeply in grad school and beyond that. We've all continued to work on ourselves beyond that. But that's what I love about this is that it's always growing. It's always expanding. We're always having new conversations and hitting new challenges and new things to talk about that maybe may make us feel like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. But if we're feeling it, that means other people are feeling it. So we need to talk about it. I love it. Thank you for shining the light. Absolutely. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. So my private practice can be found online, www.embracingjoy.com. And then Honest Mamas can be found at www.honestmamas.com. And please check out our podcast. You can do that by going to www.honestmamas.com forward slash podcast. And you guys should probably also check them out on whatever podcasting app you're on. I'm sure that you're there too, right? Yes, we sure are. Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Oh, yes. Yep. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. There's a link to click in our show notes if you're interested in working with me. I also invite you to join our community on Facebook and find us on social media at Popscast. I love hearing from you, so also send me an email at practiceofbeingseen at gmail.com. The Practice of Being Seen podcast is produced by me, Rebecca Wong, along with the support of my amazing behind-the-scenes team, Nicole Stevenson and Christy Hausler. Music by Chris Ferris Jr. and Sr., produced by Kidney Stone Studio. We hope that you enjoyed the show and will join us next week for another episode of The Popscast, brought to you by Connectfulness.